night, AM 640. Handle here with a really neat success from scratch segment brought to you by Lifteek. Look years younger without facelift surgery. Go to Lifteek.com. All right. Uh, Ken Langone, uh, uh, you don't know his name, but you may recognize uh, a couple of small companies uh, he was involved with. For example, co-founding Home Depot. Uh, former director of a small organization uh, called the New York Stock Exchange. Ken wrote a book about how he did it all, and uh, it's called I Love Capitalism, an American Story. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm I mean, honored to be here. Oh, I love it. What? Uh, why did you decide to write a book? I mean, because uh, you've been in business for a very long time. Uh, you don't sound like you're 22 anymore. And well, I'm not. Uh, yeah. it's uh, So... Uh, tell us about why you decided at this point to write this book. Well, I was uh, approached by a publishing house that they thought I should write a book. Got and it. And I said, no, th- no, thank you. But that that was the end of it. Anyway, so I completely put it out of my mind until the presidential campaign of 16. And I one night I look, was watching television, and I was noticing that all the kids – all the people around Bernie Sanders were mostly young people, and I was frightened. I said, wait a minute. If these kids are going to buy into what he's preaching, America's in trouble. He, he was preaching out now socialism. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But these kids were going to give up on the engine that made it all happen, capitalism. It works. Uh, well, it, works. It, it does. Maybe not for uh, people who don't have any money for people that... I didn't, oh, oh, I didn't have any money. Yeah, but you're, but you're very different. I mean, think about this for a moment. Hold it. I'm no different than anybody. I'm just me. I, I'm I, not different than anybody else. Go ahead. But let's look at how you grew up, okay? Uh, and yeah. I'm not trying to defend these people. I just remember that when I was younger, much younger, yeah. when I was in college, I was a social liberal because I had nothing. And yeah. I didn't have the, the wherewithal. I didn't have... Uh, the the same kind of sentiment that I do now. So let's talk about your younger days. Uh, what what? How did you grow up? Where did you get the thinking that puts you in a position to co-found a Home Depot? Okay. Well, first of all, the idea for the Home Depot was Bernie Marcus's. You know, I was early on an investor in one of his earlier companies out in California called Handy Dan. It was called Angels Still Angels out there, I think. But anyway, back up. I was raised in one of the most wonderful experiences a human being could have. I was raised into a family. My mother and father gave my brother and me total unconditional love, total. And so we always had this, and, you know, we lived, my father was a plumber. My mother worked in a school cafeteria. They struggled paycheck to paycheck. And we had plenty of good food, plain food, but good food. We had a warm house in the wintertime, no air conditioning in the summer, a little house. And I, I, I didn't know we had economic limits. I just enjoyed my life as a young boy growing up, and I was happy. I had you know, friends, and I did things that boys do. I played sports, and I, I, you know, we built trees. We built tree houses and everything a kid does. And early on, I made my mind up. I wanted to make some money. What age? So whenever... Oh, 11, 12 years old. See, there's the difference. How many 11, 12-year-olds think in terms of it's time to make some money? Now we go back to really how unique you are. Uh, well, I, I don't think I'm that unique. See, I, I, I thought I was routine. Uh, and I didn't see anything special about what I was doing. One of the things I did do was to develop, and, I, and it is truly 
uh, I developed a sense that I could pretty much look at people and decide whether I wanted to be around them or not. And well, for example, Bernie Arthur and Pat Farrow, those three guys, Ross, Ross Perot, the day I met Ross Perot, I knew this is a guy I'm going to walk the path with. He's unbelievable. He was, he was, and he still is unbelievable. A remarkable human being, a remarkable human being. And so all my business relate, by the way, let me be honest, my judgment isn't always right. If you got six months, I'll tell you all my failures. Now, just so, really quick, give me a couple of failures, because that's always fun. Oh, hell, I, was in, I invested in a company that had fishing boats that were called Langostinos off the Indian Ocean. That's great. Lobsters off the North Carolina coast. I love it. Uh, uh, anchovies off the coast of the, of, uh, of the Columbia, uh, Ecuador. Yeah, there aren't the that many anchovies. people that like anchovies on their pizza. Uh, well, but- I understand, but I mean, you know, and... So that was one. Um, a chain of bowling alleys was another. I can go on and on and on. Believe me, I've had my share of failures. Yeah, but your successes and, and, are obviously enormous. Well, what? you want to make sure successes when your successes add up to more than your failures add up and add up to a loss. So fortunately, the winners were much bigger than the losers were, or at least I was able to survive. But but you know, so I had this this knack. And I think I developed at a young age, when I was a caddy, for example, and I was carrying a, play, a golf player's bags, I could tell who a guy was that was going to blame me for his bad shot or another guy who treated me like I was just a nice young man and he made me feel good. And you and you say, wait a minute, this guy acted that way. And all of a sudden, intellectually, you're slotting people based on earlier experiences. Now, do you... Do you give yourself the credit uh, for when you meet people like a Ross Perot, not only are they decent human beings, could you, could you smell that this was success walking down? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. what, what you know right away, right away almost, is the passion they have for what they're doing. If you haven't got passion for what you're doing, don't count on winning. You better, you better, be, you better be all in. You better be all in passionately and believe that what you're doing is going to work and you're going to make it successful. And it's going to happen. All right, Bernie we... Arthur, Bernie, Bernie Marcus, Arthur Blank, Pat Farrow, all of them, they all had one overriding characteristic. All right, let's... They wanted to win, and they believed they could win. Yeah, well, you're obviously part of that crowd. So uh, let's take a break. I want to come back and talk about sure. Home, Home Depot itself. I mean, sure. way, way ahead of its time. And right. uh, you're a big part of that. We'll be right back with Ken Langone, uh, one of the co-founders of Home Depot. This is KFI AM 640. All right, Jennifer Jones-Lee. Uh, what's going- uh, welcome back. KFI AM 640. Bill Hendel here. Success from scratch. Ken Langone, co-founder of Home Depot former director of the New York Stock Exchange. I go through the entire list. Uh, Ken, let's talk about Home Depot, uh, how that started. Now, at that point, you already had some money, correct? Yeah, I had some money. Okay. I had one success. I sold my medical device company to Eli Lilly in 1977. And and almost exactly at the same day, uh, Bernie Marcus, who's he and I became very close friends through my investment in the company. He was running Andy Dan. Bernie persuaded me that I should sell my stock back to the guy that owned 81% of it. And I said, Bernie, if I do that, he's going to fire you. And he says to me, no, no, he needs me. I said, okay. 
I'd be happy to sell it to him. And the guy paid me a big number, big premium over the market. And within four months, Bernie was fired. Arthur was fired, and Bernie called me up. And I, I knew Bernie had, he wouldn't tell me what the idea was. Bernie had an idea for a new approach to the home center industry. And so when he called me up and told me he got fired, well, it's in the book, uh, 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 Bill, I said to him, hey, how soon did he get to New York? He got to New York the next day. And I said, okay, you got hit, pardon me, you got hit in the butt with a golden horseshoe. And he said, what do you mean, what do you mean? I said, Bernie, we're going to do your idea. We're going to raise the money, and we're going to do your idea. And that's what we did. Now, at that Bernie time... and Arthur and Pat Barra, they were an incredible management team, and they had genius and brilliance and creativity, and they were good, decent, honest people who understood the importance of having people be part of a product, be part of the team. The people, nobody worked for them, everybody worked with them. And, and everybody felt like they had skin in the game, and we made sure they did. So the industry at that time, uh, I envisioned mom-and-pop hardware stores. Were there any major national chains going on? No, they were all regional. You had, you had uh, Payless Cashways throughout the Midwest. You had Handy Andy in Chicago. You had Somerville Lumber in Boston. You had Rickle, Pergamon, and Channel in the New York region, you know, North Atlantic region. Then in the Mid-Atlantic, you had uh, Heckinger's, okay. and you had more superstores, and in Florida, you had Scotty's. So they all sort of stayed in their own backyards. Now, when you open Home Depot, uh, and you're saying that's Bernie Marcus's basic idea to create this yep. superstore, uh, right. and this is before, uh, I mean, Costco was in its infancy, I'm assuming Sam's Club. Price Club, no, no, Price Club had started earlier. All right, and so and, did you and, take and the, Bernie, which became which became Costco? Right, and then and Jim Setegal had worked for Saul Price and left and started Costco. And Bernie was a good friend of Saul Price, and Saul Price, uh, Bernie, I remember Bernie told me the story, Saul Price told Bernie, that, hey, Bernie, someday somebody's going to do in your business what we're doing here. And Bernie took it to heart and believed in it, but he wouldn't, Bernie was so concerned about the power. If it happened, he didn't want anybody to know. All right, so now you, uh, so let's talk about that first Home Depot store, because yep. uh, you're talking about a sizable store, a lot of money 60, for... 60,000 square feet. That's, a, one. that's a big hardware store. Lots but of not as, in, big as they are, not as big as they are now. Oh, of course not. I mean, today they're just huge. But at that time, at that time it was considered yeah, a pretty big right. store. Lots, right. lots right. of inventory, uh, obviously right. a big gamble. How, how long did it take for this thing to break in and start making money? Oh, I think within a year we were in, we were in the black. Hold on, hold on a second. No, it's it's fine. <laughs> He's looking it up. I got something here. Wait a minute. Where the hell is it? Uh, uh, Pam, where's that? Anyway, I think within a year we were in the black. And was it one store or before that year it was? It started up? out. We opened two stores. Oh, we opened our first two stores. We opened at the same time. We opened in May of nineteen seventy nine. And how many stores are there? We opened stores, and then we opened stores, and we opened some stores in Florida. Then we went to Arizona and opened some stores, opened some stores. Uh, And, you know, by then we knew we had a concept that was more than a concept. We knew we had something that could really be big. And Bernie and Arthur and Pat, they were incredible retailers and merchants and just great operators. Are you still in viral? Are you still huh? involved in the business at all? Well, no, we, 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 
we put a rule in that all of us would retire at 73, and we all did. Bernie turned 73 first, and then he went, and then Arthur went and bought the football team, and then I left when I turned 73 in 2008. And Pat retired, wanted to go back out west, and that's where he is. He's in Lake Tahoe now. But, but uh, you know, we, we knew we had something that was going to be big, and we just had to make sure we we kept executing, and we did. And these guys, as I said, Bernie Arthur and Pat, they were remarkable, and, and they brought great people in and around them and, and motivated them, and the rest is history. Ken, how old were you when you knew you were going to be a business person? Twelve, thirteen. See, very few people are that way. So, wh- oh, I like the idea. For example, I remember I wanted to sell Christmas wreaths. So I got two kids younger than me. I was 14, I think, and there was a greenhouse near where we lived that made Christmas wreaths. And I went and bought them for 75 cents a piece. They had a little red bow on them and a couple of faults, you know, with these holly berries that are faults and a couple of pine cones. And I'd buy 12 of them, like for 9 bucks or 10 bucks, and I'd put them on a broom handle, and each of the kids would hold one end of the broom handle, and we'd go from house to house knocking on doors and say, you want to buy a Christmas wreath? When what was your first what you would consider a big success where uh, you would where I would consider you or anybody else would consider you that's a successful businessman? When I went to Wall Street in 1963 and I wanted to set out to to build a business and I went to Wall Street in August of 62 I was with an insurance company in their investment department Equitable Life here in New York and I was getting my MBA at night. And when I then I got called into the army when they built the wall around Berlin, I got recalled into the army. And, how, and, and I left. How old were you at that time? How old were you? Uh twenty six. And uh, so, at what point? And you went out on your own right after that? No, then I no then then when I got out of the army, I decided I didn't want to go to the insurance company. Wall Street had gone through the biggest crash it had since twenty nine, and I said, "This is where I'm going to Wall Street. This is for me." And I went down to Wall Street, and I persuaded somebody to hire me as a salesman, paying me uh, 150 bucks a week. And I started going out and calling on investors, you know, insurance companies, banks, pension funds, all over. I went to Cincinnati, I went to Cleveland, I went to Pittsburgh, and and I began to build up a nice book of business. I had a great partner, a fellow by the name of Bidney Banker, Vincent Banker, and he and I worked as partners in that together. And then we built a unit, and then we built up. A, better, a bigger sales force, and one day I ended up being a partner in 1966. I was invited to become a partner in the firm. I was uh, barely, I was 31, barely 31. Yeah, I was 30, I was 30, and it was 65, and I was still 30 years old, and I was made a partner in January of 66. Yeah. See, that is, see, I, I love those, where you describe yourself as just a regular guy, and rarely is that That's the case. Who I am. I know, I get it, I get it, Ken. I got a few more bucks in my pocket, but I'm the same, mate. (laughs) Ken, the book is I Love Capitalism, an American Story by Ken Lagone, co-founder of Home Depot, uh, former director of the New York Stock Exchange, and a million other stories. Uh, I Love Capitalism, an American Story. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. All right, this is uh, KFI AM.